What if you were able to sit down for lunch with some of the greatest leaders in the world? What would you ask? What would they say? Welcome to the Lynch with a Leader podcast, where you're invited to join us in learning the spiritual principles behind big success. Here's your host, Mike Lynch. You ever wonder what it would be like to follow and hear God's voice? To know that He's got something He wants you to do. I think today's episode is really going to resonate with you, if that's the case. If I've never met you before, my name is Mike, and it is my honor to welcome you to the Lynchville Leader Podcast, where we sit down with some of America's greatest leaders and find out how they have learned to lead with their faith out in front. You know, it's so funny, for 171 episodes, we've heard the stories of people that God is using in great ways. And I think there's times when they're professional speakers or they're pastors to go, well, that's them, that's not me. Today, I think we're going to swing a little bit and give you something that you go, oh, so if it can happen to them, it can happen to me. Today, we sit down with Peter Ostopko. Peter is a vice president of a commercial bank and is doing incredibly well in the banking industry. But a few years ago, felt the tap of God on his shoulder to do something more. And Peter founded and became the publisher of what is known as the Kinsman Journal. It's a journal that invites men to lead lives of transformative faith, redemptive fatherhood, and honoring work. And in these 240 pages, there are stories from over 40 different authors that are essays and stories with amazing pictures. It is one of the most amazing print pieces you have ever seen. But the story of how Peter got there is incredible and how he learned to discern the voice of God, how he listened and became obedient to what God was telling him to do. I'm just telling you, I think today is going to be for some of you that are business leaders, whether you're a man, whether you're a woman, today's got something rich, rich for you. So I don't know where you're listening from today, but I want you to pull up a chair and I want you to listen in to my conversation with Peter Estopka. Well, Peter, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Lynch with a Leader. It is an honor to have you, buddy. Oh, I appreciate it. No, I'm thrilled to be here. This is going to be fun. This is going to be a lot of fun. You know, we use the phrase a lot at the church that I pastor, God never wastes time and he never wastes our experiences. And as I've learned about you and your journey, that is true. You are a guy who is taking all the experiences he's had in life and he's living out of those experiences right now. And man, it's just such a picture. As you look back in the rearview mirror of life, did you ever believe or dream that God would be doing all he's doing through you? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, sometimes when I describe, people will ask how the vision of the journal came together. And I will say, you know, there's a five-year story and a 20-year story. But I think you can probably relate to this, and I'm sure your audience can too, because they're senior leaders and they're people of, you know, different, you know, stature and experiences that I think the older you get, uh, the more you realize how sovereign God is and how he's always working in your life. Um, I think when you're going through the thick of something, uh, you know, that's a very challenging season or period of your life, it's very hard to see what it's going to look like on the other end. 
But after you get through that, you look back and you're like, wow, you can, you can put the pieces together and you can see how God was aligning relationships or people or experiences or career or whatever it may be. Um, but yeah, you know, it's funny. I mean, I, you know, I cut my teeth in lending, doing specialty church lending. Uh, and then I parlay that into local banking uh, because I didn't want to travel a lot. Uh, but I have a very entrepreneurial heart and mind. And so, you know, banking can be, you know, I mean, we can definitely try to be innovative in certain things, but, you know, it's a highly regulatory uh, industry. And so the journal has just been a, a beautiful outlet for me to really kind of express uh, creatively what God has really birthed within me. Uh, but more importantly, he's given me the opportunity to invite others to be part of it. You know, this isn't, I didn't write a book and books are great. There's a lot of wonderful books out there with extraordinary topics and deep dive into certain subjects and material that are very useful and helpful with the journal is that it's really been a collection of sorts of bringing people in. And it's just been a display of what God is doing in the lives of 30 different people rather than just one. And so I just wanted to find a way to really showcase that. And so I will say this though, which is kind of neat is in the last few years or really about five years ago, I started really doing some kind of deep diving. You know, I had two young kids. I'm in my early thirties um, and becoming more reflective uh, on what's happened in the past and stuff like that, just in my life in general, career, family, childhood, all that kind of stuff. But what I found was, is I just had a knack for gathering and bringing people together. Mm -hmm. You know, I was just always the person that would rally the kids in the corner of the neighborhood to play pickup football, you know, and I was student body president and I was captain of, you know, sports teams and all those different types of things. And then in college, and then even now, like I, it's just something that comes very natural to me. Um, so I've definitely realized that in the last few years, but, you know, experiences have a way of maturing those talents and abilities. Uh, and more importantly, I think God has a way of refining those when we face adversity and, and challenges in our life, especially in a leadership role or in family um, you know, kind of who you are, your DNA starts to come out over time based on experiences. And then when you layer on top of it, the belief that God is good and that he's sovereign and that he's orchestrating things and that he has you in his care, then uh, I think things start to align a little bit more. And so rather than getting frustrated or upset about where you are, or you look back, you say, okay, no, I, I see exactly why God is doing what he's doing in my life. So that's kind of a long winded answer to that. <laughs> no, that's really good. So you meet Jesus, a lot of people stop there. You know, they they have that, they have that place. You, you're not a ordained minister serving in a church. You're a business leader serving in banking, but with a ministry outlet that we're going to get into. How did Jesus really grab you? So somewhere along the way, you thought. <laughs> My faith is more than just something I hold a Bible and go to church on Sundays. When did it really become something that you went, this is just who I am? What would you say to that? Yeah, that's a great point. You know, I just bought in. I, I just mm -hmm. believe that God says who he is. I, I believe that he can transform hearts and lives. And I know that's very simplistic, but I believe that it's true. Mm -hmm. And I've seen it. I've seen it in my own life. Um, I, I think for me in my own life, Mike, where I've seen a transition of where it's become transformative for me is, you know, I was a very, very passionate kid, you know, very zealous, somewhat like Peter in the Bible. You know, I just, you know, very fiery, has a lot of ambition and excitement, you know, but I think when I went through some challenges early on in life, that manifested that 
that passionate kid manifested into an angry kid, tempered. But then when I experienced forgiveness, mm. it turned that into a determined, passionate, understanding young man. And I've just really just continued to dive into that. And I think that's been really formative for me in my life is the subject of forgiveness and how God met me uh, as a young kid, as a teenager in high school. And I just, I've just held on to that. You know, I mean, I, I had some great friends, you know, a few guys that I just, you know, surrounded myself with in high school. We had a great youth group of, you know, we, we had 50 kids in our youth group. It wasn't like a massive, you know, but it was just, I just grabbed hold of it. And I just said, you know what, I'm just going to give this everything. And I've just never looked back. So that, I've that's, am, that's amazing. But I just believe that the gospel's true. I know that sounds kind of, but like, I just think sometimes we over question things and sometimes we just have to rest, let God be God and just know that he is good and that he loves us. And, and it's just, it's simple, but it's true. And I mm. just believe it. And I've just, I'm not going to, I'm not going to move anywhere from that. It's just what I believe. <laughs> I love that. Well, and what I love about it, and I tell business leaders this all the time. I just hosted a big luncheon uh, yesterday with local business leaders. We call it lunch with a leader. We take, biblical principles. So I teach out of a character in scripture during yeah. the business day. So it's a 12 noon. So bankers and lawyers and school principals and mayors and police chiefs all come in and we talk about what God says about leadership. And we take a character's life and and we we say this all the time in that crew. And what we say is you are going to be a brighter light to people than I'll ever be. Because when somebody yeah. walks in and sees you in a lending office, they're not expecting to see Jesus in that place. And man, what you're doing in that, I remember I saw this in an article about you, Peter. It said he believes his role in banking is more than just what's written on his business card. When you hear that, what does that mean to you that your role is more than just the title that you have for this season? When you hear that, what's that mean to you? Yeah, well, that's a good question. I, I really think that so often we default to what our position is, our title, our label, um, especially as men. Uh, and, and I think the deep underlying piece of that is we're all just searching for who we are, right? Our identity. And so I'll just kind of reverse engineer it. And so I, I just have, and I've, and I've come to this place with time. It's not like I arrived this at this point overnight, but I've just come to realization and belief that because of who I am in Christ, that is my bedrock. That is my foundation. And it's from that out that I can be a great leader, that I can be a great coworker, that I can be a great banker, that I can be a good businessman, friend, whatever it may be. And so I think what it does, though, honestly, I think it just releases some of that pressure and the expectation that you have as a leader, as an entrepreneur, as a business person, because when you hold it loosely and you say, listen, I am just a steward. I am just a conduit by which God has given me and entrusted me with resource, with people, with provision, with favor, whatever it may be, fill in the blank. It just, it releases you of some of that pressure. Yes, there's still stress. Yes, there's still hard days. Uh, but I think if you look back and you measure rather than in, in, in minutes and days, you measure things with, with months and years, you look back, you say, okay, no, this has worked out. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so yeah, for me, I just, I, I love the work that I do. I get the opportunity to interact with business leaders and marketplace and, and organizations. Um, but what's on our business card is, is just the beginning. And so I, I, 
And I believe that this goes back to as a person of faith. I, I just believe that who we are is not to be compartmentalized on a certain day of the week and a time of the week. And it's just who we are. Like I, I, I'm the same Peter at church as I'm the same person in my office. You know, it's really interesting the timing of this conversation between you and I. Just this past weekend, we had a small kind of a men's conference at our church. It's the first year we've done it. We've probably had about maybe 175, 200 guys. And I was able to host a panel discussion on two different subjects. One of them was on mental health. Uh, and the other one was on uh, faith in the workplace. And I pulled one of my favorite quotes, and it was from Billy Graham, the late Billy Graham. And he said he believes really the great, the next great movement is going to come from the marketplace yep. in this country. Because you have so many people that they've heard a church, they know what church is, they have a preconceived idea or notion about what that looks like. But like you said, if you are are if you are stewarding and responding from a place of, hey, listen, I'm a follower of Christ. And everywhere I go, I have the opportunity to illuminate, illuminate the light mm -hmm. and to share his goodness in my workplace. Uh, then people are going to see that like it's especially right now where there's chaos, there's confusion, there's there's disorder, there's anger. You bring peace, you bring compassion, you bring kindness. I mean, just people are going to be drawn to that. And then as they see that over time, it's going to um, result in conversations about who you are and what you believe and your faith and all those things. And, and it's an inadvertent way to present and lead down what you believe, which is the gospel. And that's why I'm just so bullish on marketplace and on faith and business people, because you carry with you just the anointing everywhere that you go. Mm -hmm. And, and the interactions that you have with your employees and your co-workers might be the closest thing that they get to an experience with someone that loves Jesus, truly loves Jesus. And that's powerful. That's exciting. So we're all in ministry. We just get paid by different employers. So. Yep. They're very well said. Very, very well said. <laughs> and, and what I love about it is you didn't just go, well, that's just what I'm going to do. Man, you got a burden and we're teaching the life of Nehemiah right now. In 2017, oh, you you read a book and got a burden. And Nehemiah yeah, I mean, Nehemiah wasn't a he wasn't a construction guy. You weren't a you weren't a you weren't a, a publisher. But all of a sudden, you get this burden reading the book, The Revenge of Analog, yep. and it started you on a process to where you are today. Unpack that story and share that little bit of story because you talked about the Kinsman Journal. Talk yeah. about a little bit about what got us to this point. Yeah, no, this is a, this is a fun story. I love telling stories. So I, in 2017, I was traveling pretty extensively. Um, and usually when I travel, I would find myself in one of two places, a coffee shop or a bookstore. Uh, and, and usually because those places are kind of an expression of that community. And so I just, I've always just enjoyed that. I've always been kind of a small business entrepreneurial guy. I grew up when I was a kid, you know, I was just around that. Um, so I was in Wichita, uh, I was in a bookstore, picked up this book, and I was just kind of perusing through the business section. And just the cover caught my eye, The Revenge of Analog. And I was like, huh. And the subtitle was Real Things and Why They Matter. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a, a millennial, so I'm an older millennial. Um, but I still have kind of some of the tendencies of a millennial in Gen X a little bit. Um, but I'm kind of old school, like, so I'm not like the first adopter of certain technologies and stuff. So when I saw that, I was like, oh yeah, you know, real, 
those things, I was like, this is, but I picked it up and it was a divine, you know, setup is what it was because the Lord was clearly wanting to get my attention. Uh, and so I just started reading this book and, and the different chapters in this book really read about certain industries that were, you know, not necessarily going to die off altogether, but we're just going to be radically, um, you know, changed as a result of digital technology. And some of them certainly have. But it, it was interesting because he was just presenting a case for all of these tangible, you know, tactile, um, analog, experiential items and things that really have deep meaning. And so one of them was paper, and I was just reading paper, and then the other one was print. So it kind of worked in tandem. And I just couldn't put the book down. I just, I was just, I was just like this. It just fired me up. And so for the next two years, so in 2017 and 2018, uh, for two years, I just, you know, in the margins of having two young kids, I just read, I researched, I just learned all that was going on in the print world. And I looked at the market, you know, being a business person, you look at what the market offering is. And you say, okay, well, there's nobody's, nobody's spilling the gap that I mm. want. And so as a person, as a consumer, I said, well, I like to read really good quality material. But if you go to Barnes & Noble or any really bookstore and you get some a magazine or a publication, um, most of the material, especially you know, in the business space, is centered around the same 100 tech moguls that found VC capital. For, and it was just like 99.9% .9 of the world just can't relate to that stuff. But yet it's just like it monopolizes monopolizes the headlines. And so I knew that there was something there from like a work entrepreneurial business standpoint. And then being a father, being, you know, a young father, I just, I really wanted to talk on the subject of fatherhood. I, mm. I felt like the offering in men's ministry uh, has become somewhat, you know, um, archaic or not archaic, antiquated mm -hmm. a little bit. Uh, and I think it's just, it's not because churches and organizations aren't trying. It's just, it's just, it's just hard to reach men. We have very limited time uh, and women too now, but women are just much better at communicating. They're much better at gathering. They're, they're just much better at all of the things with that. <laughs> they're so, better. I think we've established that they're just better. Yeah. They're, they're just <laughs> better, so, but with men. And so I, I saw that on the fatherhood side. So this is the burden part, you know, being a young father with, with kids, this is meaningful to me. And then coming back to the faith piece for me, it's like, Hey, listen, if I'm going to do this, um, faith has to be a part of it. So we broke. So, so this was in 2018, 2019. And so finally in 2019, I'm like, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to publish a, a journal uh, and the subjects are going to be faith, fatherhood and work. And so we hired a branding firm and, and there's so many stories behind these stories about how God providentially provided for all of this to happen in the first place. Um, we, you know, we just had a handful of people that just said, we just believe in the vision God has given you. And just God just provided every time we needed something he provided. So this isn't like a for-profit endeavor that, you know, we're going to completely just, you know, revolutionize the print world. Um, but it is a kind of a grassroots organic, just God has just faithfully provided for allowing us to do what we've done. Um, but the subject material, I wanted it to be authentic. I wanted it to be real. I wanted it to be very, very image uh, heavy because men are image driven. Mm. Um, and I want it to be encouraging and inspiring, but at the same time, you know, convicting and, and challenging. And so we aimed pretty high for excellence, not for perfection, but for excellence. And I really, I really believe we hit it on a lot of metrics only because we've just received such great feedback from people that when they receive the journal and they experience it, they, they, this is the exact same thing. Everybody says, I really didn't know what to expect. I was yeah. just, 
I had no idea it was going to be this because it's got girth to it. I mean, 240 pages of like premium hundred pound paper is not a light item. You don't just throw it to the side. Like it is, it is a, it is designed to sit on your table with timeless content and you peruse through it for a long, long time. And, and so people are just, I think it's a refreshing uh, perspective on, you know, leadership, on faith, on fatherhood, on entrepreneurship slash work. Um, you know, there's a lot of great movements going on. And so I just saw that there was a hole specifically in this space. Nobody was doing what I wanted to do. So I just said, all right, well, I'm gonna go do it. So that's what we did. <laughs> well, it it is. And I, I love the response you're getting. I know we connected through a group that helps you here in Atlanta called Voices to Connect. And Julie and her team are amazing. Right. And Julie and I connected. Yeah. She sent it my way. And I've got it, I've got it here for those of you that'll watch on YouTube. It is, it is not, it is not light. It is a girth is a it's usually what people use to describe me, but it actually this does have this does have girth to it and the quality and the excellence that it's done with. And I know you were on another podcast, I think, with Phil Cook, and he talked about it. it's a coffee table book. And that's a great way to say it. I mean, it's something that you leave out. But I think there's an interesting piece to it. You call it the Kinsman Journal. Yeah. Why does that name Kinsman mean something to you and to those that are on a spiritual journey? And what what is your goal with men getting this and how they would react to the Kinsman piece? Oh, man, there's a lot there. So I love telling this story, too. I think I already said that line, but, you know, <laughs> I just I love talking about this. You want to know why I love talking about this is because it's not of me. Mm. I mean, it's not of me. I mean, I am sitting here today because I have seen tangibly how God has just worked in my life. And it's, it's just, just, I have seen him show up time and time again. The name Kinsman Journal, so Kinsman comes from the Hebrew word goel, uh, Kinsman Redeemer. And, and for, the, for the Old Testament or New Testament, you know, Hebrew ex- experts, if I'm saying that wrong, forgive me, I'm just a banker. <laughs> but the word goel, it comes from the word Kinsman, Kinsman Redeemer. And so, of course, we're all familiar with the story of Ruth and Boaz and just kind of the beautiful redemptive. But my wife, actually, and this is what I love. My wife, you know, she went to Christian school and was a part of Bible quiz and all, all these things. And she just has so much wisdom of the Bible and teaching that is just within her because of her background. And I love it when it just comes out. So we were sitting at the table, at the dining table, and we're talking about like what to name this, like what do we call it, you know? And I was like, you know, just, I was crash landing everywhere. I was throwing something out. And she's like, well, what about, what about Kinsman? I was like, Kinsman, of course, you know, I was listening to Tupac and the Wu-Tang Clan when yeah. she was in Bible quiz. So <laughs> he brings some great historical context to our marriage. And she goes, well, Kinsman. And she just tells me the whole story. I was like, oh my goodness, absolutely. So we kind of started to dive deep into it. But really, here's the reason why it's so perfect. And it's just so fitting is, you know, the word in itself is about redeeming, taking back, claiming what is broken, what is lost, and restoring. Jesus is that for us. He's our kinsman redeemer. He redeems and he restores and he reconciles. This is the nature of God through the person of Jesus. And so we see that there, but juxtaposed to like a journal, a magazine, well, men's media hasn't exactly been known for inspiring, encouraging, you know, positive things. And so 
on a very broad level, yeah, I want to bring a redemptive element back to the print world and the publishing world for men's media, specifically for this journal and magazine. I want to do that. Sin can ruin just about anything, but especially, you know, men's media has been, you know, a place of, unfortunately, a lot of, you know, perversion and just very dark things. Uh, and that's why, honestly, I was very intent about leading very image driven because I want men and I want even women, a lot of women read this. I want them to see beautiful images of men, of, of people that are bringing encouragement. I mean, those, those are, those are all original photography that we use throughout the journal. We use, you know, a dozen different photographers, photographers, hundreds of photos. Um, and that was by design because I want image is so important in the way that we see things. Um, but the name Kinsman journal comes from that. It's just this idea of redeeming, redeeming what is lost, what is broken. And I think men right now, the greater vision for Kinsman journal is to really help men find their voice again. Mm. Um, I think a lot of men are really struggling in that, that space, um, with identity, um, with just who we are in this cultural moment. Um, and so this is kind of a, you know, call to action to encourage, to inspire men, um, to just dive deep and to dig into who they are, uh, as men, as men of God. And so we've done that in a, I think just kind of a different way than what we're seeing in the marketplace. And so that's really what the journal has become. And it's been neat because we've kind of allowed it to just take its own shape. You know, we, I've said this, I've said this multiple times, but we hold this loosely because I, I certainly have goals with what we want to come and, and, you know, how many we want to sell or print and all that kind of stuff. But my ultimate goal really is this, is that it just finds the hands of every person that needs to see it and read it. And, and, and I know this is happening because I've been getting emails and messages from men that are saying, you put a language around all the things that I've been thinking about as a man, as a father, as a dad, as a businessman. Um, and I think it's because the majority of the authors in this journal, they're just everyday people. Yeah. I mean, we have a few published authors that, that have some, you know, nationwide notoriety. Um, and they definitely brought some great perspective and expertise. But a lot of these people are just everyday people. Um, and I think it's, there's, there's just this common man aspect of it that people can really relate to. Um, but the journal is for anybody and everybody I told, you know, we hired this branding firm at the beginning and we do like a target market analysis. And I'm like, okay, we want to target 30 to 55 year old men that have kids at home and this, 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 and that. Well, Mike, I'm getting emails from 83 year old <laughs> men that are having retreats in Colorado, <laughs> taking pictures of the journal together. And then I ran into a local kid in my coffee shop who's a sophomore in high school. And he says, dad, I'm reading this every Saturday with my dad. Oh and I'm like, gosh. I'm having trouble not holding back tears. Like, I mean, it's just the Lord has just blown the roof off of what I thought. And I think that's because I just I, I'm, this isn't like a plan for Peter to move out of banking and just go get on the circuit. Like, this is like we've created the sole purpose of inspiring and encouraging men. God, just use it how you want to. And let's just get in the hands of as many people as possible. So, you know, my favorite part of the story, Peter, is just your obedience, because so many times when God taps us on the shoulder, it makes absolutely no sense. We go, okay, you think of Nehemiah, Nehemiah is going to go build the wall. Well, Nehemiah has no really reason to be going to build a wall. He's not a construction guy. Abraham is going into a land he's never seen. All of the great moves of God began with a tap and the uh, and the opportunity for the person to go, yeah, I think you got the wrong person. 
but you were obedient. And I love that kinsman, the redemption piece of it. You've even experienced some of that in your own life with a redeeming relationship with your dad that God has brought about. Do you mind unpacking that a little bit? Because I think a lot of guys find themselves right where you were. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, let me say this first, and then I'll and I'll get there on the personal. But I would say this, just with the obedience, is I just couldn't shake it anymore. Mm. Like I just couldn't get rid of the idea; it just wouldn't go away. And I think sometimes, you know, God doesn't force things upon us. I, I don't believe that's the way that He works. He gives us the ability to make choices and decisions. He gives us free will. And what I noticed though is every single time that I would be obedient or um, take a step of faith, like in, and by definition, not knowing how this is going to turn out, but believing and trusting that God is going to meet me there. Good, faith. Good. I just did that and he showed up and then I did that. And then he, and then I did that and he showed up and I don't mean to be overly repetitive, but it wasn't like God just said, okay, here's the next 24 months laid out. He's yeah. like, no, here's this guy you need to call. Just make the phone call. And then next week it was, I got an email. And then it was the next week someone said, hey, we believe in what you're doing. We heard about it. Here's a check for $5,000. That's that's the way that God works. It's right. not a it's not a two-year roadmap and you just walk into it accordingly. It's with this. And you really want to discover who I am? Because if you do, you're going to go on the journey of a lifetime and I can't wait for you to come on board. But he doesn't force this. Hmm. Um, um, and so I, I mean... <laughs> I'm getting just a little emotional because, you know, when you experience firsthand God's working in your life, it's, it's an intoxicating feeling mm-hmm. because you know that he's real. And, you know, I've seen him show up in my life in a lot of different ways, um, all, all wonderfully. But what he's done in and through me and in my family in these last few years and just how he's shown up. It's just, it's just catapulted my belief, my belief in my faith and, and who he is. And and here's the great part about it is I'm just a banker from Missouri. You know what I mean? Like he longs to use you. He longs to use every person on this podcast list, every leader, every coach, every teacher, every husband, every wife, like because ultimately obedience is about surrender and surrender is about elevating God and elevating other others. And when you do those things, when you're obedient and you surrender, well then don't, don't be surprised if God elevates and uses because the posture of your heart is the recipe for God working in the miracle in the miraculous. I mean, that's what it is. That's right. And so I've just seen that. So anyways, that's the answer to the first part of your question. The second part of my question is, um, so my dad was in publishing um, for about 30, 40 years. And when I was a kid, and I wrote about this in a journal, I wrote a little bit about it in my publisher's letter, and then I wrote about it in my essay that I wrote called Redeeming Fatherhood. And I mean this, like, I I just, for me, the burden was about, um, I should say it this way, God has revealed himself to me as father, mm. as a loving heavenly father. And so out of that experience, my expression is to tell others about how good and loving our father is, you know? And so 
for me in my life, I, you know, when I was a kid, we went through, you know, like a lot of children, a lot of families go through, you know, broken marriages and um, it had an effect on me. I mean, it certainly did. You know, I'm a sensitive kid, sensitive person by nature. And so, like I said earlier, uh, what started out as a lot of angry and cussing and yelling turned into, uh, you know, compassion and determination and forgiveness because of God being forgiving and loving and kind. But when I was, when I was young, my dad, when he was around before he moved, um, you know, he was in publishing. So I remember as a kid climbing around on boxes in the garage and smelling the ink and, you know, those things get into your blood. They just become part of who you are. You know, one of the neat things that I get to do as a business or as a banker is I get to work with business owners, especially second and third generation. And I love hearing the story about how their dad or, or grandfather or how their mom or how their sister or whatever, and just that family dynamic. It's just beautiful to hear that because there's just so much legacy to that story. But for me, I was around that as a kid. And so I was just, I've always just been involved or I've, said, I've always just been intrigued by print. And so my wife would laugh because I have stacks of books and magazines all over the house. Um, and I'm, and I'm reading a lot of them. Uh, there's some that I haven't, but I've just always been drawn to the industry. Um, and so, you know, that's why I say there's a five and a 20 year story because God was depositing things so long ago, but then the last few years, especially the last five, six years, you know, being a dad, I've relived a lot of things that I went through as a kid. Uh, the Lord has brought some healing in my life and in my heart. Um, and so this journal is an expression of what God has done in and through me in recognizing that we all fall short. Mm -hmm. Every single man does, every father. I think there's not a dad that I've met that doesn't want to do right by his children. My dad, my father included. And I think all of us are looking to um, connect with our kids. That We're looking to make the situation better or improve on it. Um, but I believe so strongly that God longs to reveal himself to the men of this generation. There are a lot of movements happening right now that are groundswells of God moving in the lives and the hearts of men. Um, and I'm excited about it because he's been doing it in the hearts and the lives of women for quite a while. Guys are just finally catching on again. Women are smarter. Guys are playing catch up, you know, we'll get back to that again, but I'm just seeing it. And, and, and I think it's going to come in the form of not a promise keepers or not, not. I mean, and they're doing great work. Don't get me wrong, but it's going to come in the form of you, Mike, and the 12 people, the 12 men that you interact with on a regular basis. It's going to be these micro communities yeah. across the country and across the world where guys are going to say, you know what? It's okay to be authentic and transparent about some things in my life. Internalize every single thing, every feeling that I have. And so I think, as a result of what we're seeing culturally, I think men are looking for a place. And I think as a result of that, they are looking for resources and they're looking for tools. And so my story with my father, my story with my heavenly father is at the heart of why this journal came to pass, because it's unique to me. It's part of my personal story. It's a part of my family story and it's a part of my spiritual story. And so it's the expression by which I'm, I've, created in partnership with God to declare his goodness and faithfulness in my life. And the other part about it is, is I just wanted to take a risk. I just wanted to do something. You know, I've presented probably 15 different ideas to my wife, most of which fell flat because she listened and she was like, oh, honey, that's great. You know, <laughs> but I didn't do anything with them, but I could not shake this because mm -hmm. it's part of who I am. Fatherhood is really deep. It's really deep for me because of my experiences with it. Um, my faith is really important to me and being a 
man of the marketplace and interacting. I just saw visions. And so I just brought it all together in this, you know, journal. And so it's been, uh, it's been the, the thrill of a lifetime, but I'm still in the margins. I mean, I have three kids at home and I'm working and, and doing all the things and, um, but God has been faithful and it's, it's been a tremendous journey. Well, so. I love it. And, and I'm telling you, you guys out there, it is something you want and it's something you want to get because you're going to hopefully come out with more. I heard you talking oh, sure. another yeah. podcast yeah. coming out with more. It is so well done and so engaging to read. It's fantastic. It was so funny, Peter, when I was listening to your story and you talked about your dad being in printing and, and publishing and smelling ink. My dad was in printing for 46 years. So we oh, yes. growing <laughs> up, where where you would leave the kitchen linoleum going onto the carpet in the den, it was always dark from his shoes because that yeah. that printer ink you could you just couldn't get it off. And I can smell, I can close my eyes and smell the smell at the plant oh, where yeah. his where they printed, and uh, it's it's like oh. takes you back to childhood. It really oh. does when you smell oh, it. Yeah. Takes oh, you back yeah. to childhood. Well, I'm really really proud of you because fatherhood is the greatest calling every man has. So my kids are 28 and 25. So I'm on the backside of it, still parenting, just on the backside of it. They're both married, both got married last year. You will, and this is me and you, you will never regret a day. You will never regret a day that you are intentional about being a dad. That day, I've never met a man who regretted that day. I've just met a lot of men who didn't get intentional that regretted it later. So congrats to you because you those are going to be good days for you. Oh, you. Good deposits. Those oh, are good deposits. I appreciate that. Thank you. So let me ask you this question okay. as we wrap up today. When God was putting each of us together, I believe we're all unique. I believe we are all uh, fearfully and wonderfully made, as scripture says, and I think we all have different giftings. When God put Peter together, what do you think was the purpose he put you together for? What do you think was the significant mark he wanted you to leave on this generation and on this world? What would you say? That's a big question. Um, I mean, I think in its simplest form, it's, I mean, I was created to worship my creator. Um, And I think from that, what does that worship look like? Yes, it's, but my expression is in this context is the journal, right? It's, it is a, it is what I'm doing is I have filtered and distilled down what God has done through my life. And I had an avenue to share and glorify him. And so for people listening, let's break this down. So like a business person who leads a company, God has given you the ability to start that company, to lead that company, to have vision for that company. So your purpose is to walk in the anointing in leading that company and doing it to glorify God. Like that is, that is, that is your purpose. Um, that is the same for me, um, in the work that I do everywhere, whether that's in banking or in publishing or in volunteering, you know, it's, it's, it's 
declaring the goodness of God in what we do through our actions, through our words, through our thoughts. But I would say this, I think, and I, I just, maybe I just feel like I should say this. I think for those that maybe are searching for that, you know, cause it's a really common question. Like, what is my purpose? Mm-hmm. Don't overcomplicate it. It's to glorify God, but look back, look over your experiences. What, what makes your heart ache? What excites you? Put words, put thoughts together on this, and you'll find a framework for your life. Look to scripture, fall on your knees and pray and ask for the power of the Holy Spirit to intercede on your behalf and give you vision for your life, to give you vision for whatever it is that you want to do with your life. If, if you do that, God will show up. Like, it's what he does. Like, he doesn't just leave us out to dry. Um, and I think the thing that sometimes we, we, we mix up though, honestly, Mike is especially, I think this is easy because I see this in the business world with leaders and with, with companies and different people is sometimes our, our, our vision outpaces the faithfulness in the work of God. And so we become discouraged. We have, um, unrealistic expectations of what should be, whether it's in performance or whether it's in relationship we get discouraged. And when we get discouraged, we have, you know, we can have bad patterns or tendencies or fall into, you know, different habits that are, you know, self-destructing. And so I think it all comes back to you again, like stewarding what we've been given, understanding who we are, worshiping a good God, and then expressing what God has done in and through us. You know, I, I, you know, I'm not trying to put a whole, whole bunch of formulas together here for like, you know, I just, I think so often we lose sight of that when we just outpace what God is trying to do in our life. You know, I mean, this journal didn't take like six weeks, 12 weeks, one year, two year, three year, four year. From the time that I sat in that bookstore to the time that we launched the journal was over five years, mm. five years. There was a lot of opportunity to quit and give up. And honestly, there was a lot of things that happened during that time that could have easily derailed it. But what I learned was it was much more important for God to do a work in me to do just go out and create something in the name of Jesus. There's a difference there because a company for someone or a team that they lead or a church that they pastor or whatever it may be is it's it's what we've been given to steward. But if we haven't done the work internally and what God wants to do through us in and through us. Well, then we're going to fall flat because we're going to be doing it for selfish ambition or, or, or selfish purposes. We're not going to be doing it for the intent and the purposes that he designed it for. And so, again, it just it's just a constant recalibration of God. Is this of you? You know, we just said that over and over is like, is this of me or is this of you? And, you know, I would put together this budget and this huge grand plan and this, this and that. And and then I'd be like, yeah, that was like 98% Peter and like maybe 2% God. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. Which it's okay to have goals and visions and all those things. Absolutely. But you also have to put them before the throne of grace and say, Lord, if you're not in this, I don't want to be a part of it. Because I don't want to waste one more day, one more hour, one more session, one more year of chasing and striving after something that you're not going to be part of. You know what word I kept thinking of as Peter talked and I had the big journal there on my desk while we were speaking is the word obedience. You know, because Peter, not not a not a publisher by trade, and he's in the banking world making a mark, but he was obedient. He was obedient to what God asked him to do, and because he was, 
thousands and thousands of men's lives could be changed because of his obedience. You know that's true of you. I don't know where you are. I don't know what you do, but I do know this. Your life of obedience is a direct effect on someone else's journey. You know, I pray today that you hear God's voice, and I pray you're obedient like Peter was when he heard it, and we're all better for it. Thank you, Peter, a Stopco. Check out the Kinsman Journal. It is a phenomenal, phenomenal resource and one that I think you're really going to enjoy. In our next episode, we get to talk to Alan Fadling about what it means to be an unhurried leader. You know, I think we always associate hurry with leadership, but Alan goes a whole nother direction and says that you can live a busy schedule with an unhurried soul. And that's what we're going to talk about in our next episode of Lynch with a Leader. Well, once again, thanks for joining me today. And I pray that you'll go be the leader that God created you to be in the space and place that he has put you. If you enjoyed today's episode, go leave a rating, a review, share it with a friend, and it sure helps others find their way to us. Thanks again for joining today, and I pray you live and have a great one. Thank you for listening to the Lynch with a Leader podcast with your host, Mike Lynch. If you enjoyed this episode, you can help more people hear it by subscribing and leaving a review wherever you may be listening. For full episode notes and more spiritual leadership resources, visit MikeLynch.com.